Quote, Roy Batty is played by Richter Hauer. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I've watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in rain. Unless maybe it's recorded on a podcast. Welcome to Nerd Out. This is episode 14. I'm Sandro Felcher. Joining me in the studio, we've got Jen Spears. Hello, hey. hello. Thanks for having me back. Woo-hoo! We've got Rob Lloyd. Yeah, wow. Ah, oh, Rob, calm down, everybody. Welcome. Look at us, all here together again, face to face to face. <laughs> Just how I love it. <laughs> <laughs> can edit that one out. No, that's staying. <laughs> that's that staying. is so staying. Uh, We've got a big episode today, Sandro. Too big. Um, so big. That's <laughs> how I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! She's on fire! Uh, we've all got laptops out this week. That's how big this podcast is going to be. Lots of stuff to get through. Should we just jump in? Fuck Let's yeah. All right. We're going to start off by answering the age-old question. What have we been consuming lately? Well, I've been consuming the new series, Finally, It Is Back. <laughs> Season 4. Wow. How's that for peaking, motherfuckers? Oh. Rob does not have a pair of headphones on, so he has no <laughs> idea how loud that was. I'm back as far as I can. I'm very sorry. Okay, you want me to do that again? No, it's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, finally, it's back after a long wait. And I only got into this show like, you know, um, you know, a couple of months ago to get through it all. Rebels, season four is back. The show that bridges um, uh, the prequels of Star Wars with uh, the original series. It is uh, coming up to the final season. We've had our first two episodes drop, and I'm excited. It was a little bit disappointing with season three, but I think they clawed it back with the end of the season, and it's back with a two-parter to start us off, and we are on Mandalore. We are with Sabine and catching up with what she's up to, and there's a little bit of dread leading into the... uh, to the rest of the season. So it's got everything, and it's hitting its straps really hard. So I'm excited to see where they go with this final season of, um, quite frankly, one of the better incarnations of the uh, Star Wars universe. Hmm. One thing I've seen about this season is that every single episode is going to be a two-parter. Yes, very season nine of Doctor Who. Yeah. In terms of the premiere, was the pacing good that you can see they... Like, they've carried out throughout the entire season. Yeah, Because, like, Doctor Who, it kind of got a bit stale um, near the middle, I uh, thought, anyway. It depends on the story, yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah. the um, uh, the girl who uh, waited and the girl who lived uh, two-parter was kind of weak, but they were solid with, you know, under the um, after the flood mm. and uh, under the lake. Um, but, yeah, with this, the two-parter is really solid, really powers along. It's, they, you know, they do... Good two-part storytelling is that self-contained episodes that, you know, are not, you know, it's not just too, it's not like a massive episode. It's kind of like there's something that needs to be achieved in both parts, so it powers along really well. And it's great to have the cast back, and so you can flesh out the characters a little bit more, especially the supporting cast, because they bring in some characters in the Mandalorian story arc that haven't been around since uh, Clone Wars, and their return has been very, very uh, important to the evolution, because uh, we're going to be stepping away from Mandalore soon, because if we're uh, you know following the universe and the cinematic universe, we don't see much of Mandalore um, in the original series or even in you know, mm. uh, episode seven, and you know, I don't know if Mandalore's appearing in episode eight. So uh, pacing is great. Characterizations are really good. They've really got their character arcs back and happening. Uh, we don't see any Zeb. We see very little Hera. Um, it's mostly Sabine, uh, Ezra, and uh, dear old Ganon. 
He's back. Freddie Prinze is just rocking it as always. <laughs> God love Freddie Prinze. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Oh, thank you. What about you, Jen? What have you been consuming lately? I have moved on to my next book Ooh. in my All Hallows Read Ooh. journey. Um, just to bring it up to date, I finished uh, Heart Shaped Box last week sometime. Um, sticking with my original review of One Thumbs Up. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Sandra is currently reading the book, so I don't want to give too much away. But my am, main yes. <laughs> gripe with it towards the end was it should have finished about 50 pages before it did. Uh-huh. Um, there was a lot of, and then this happened, and then 20 years later, and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, so right. I think it could have, I, I like Oof. a good cliffhanger, if not just a good end. Yeah. Don't, don't tie up all the ends. Um, so, yeah, still one thumb up. Um, <laughs> run up the bum. <laughs> I <Yes>. have. <laughs> Sticking with the theme of, mo- I guess, modern horror or, or modern, uh, you know, horror books written quite recently, um, I've moved on to a book. Uh, it's a collection of short stories. It's called Nocturnes. It's one of two uh, two books by an author called John Connolly. He is an Irish author. You may have heard of him. He wrote the Charlie Parker detective novels. Mm-hmm. Um, people that know them will know him, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so far, so good. I've read about half of it. Um, there's about I've read about six short stories. Extremely unsettling, um, very scary. There's a couple that felt a little bit like they'd been done before, but he did them in a way that's a bit different, a bit more modern. Um, there's a, a couple that are really completely different and new, and I'm really enjoying it. If you can enjoy being scared shitless, <laughs> um, so it's thus far again one thumb up. It's very rare I give two thumbs up to a book. I have to very, very, mm-hmm. very much love it. Right. And be obsessed with it, a la most of Neil Gaiman's writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, definitely get hold of that. They're really quick reads. Every The longest the longest story is about 20 pages or so. So oh, really, wow. really okay. easy to consume. Um, I might just give you a quick name of some of, the, some of the stories to get you in the mood. Uh, what do we got? Um, the first one's called The Cancer Cowboy Rides, which was really effed up Um, we've got something called The Ritual of the Bones uh, Deep Dark Green which I haven't read and my favourite one called Miss Froom Vampire (laughs) so I'm looking forward to that one I wonder what that one's going to be about a little bit of a um, Dickensian type of name oh Miss Froom Common Vampire oh Common Vampire (laughs) so yes that's what I've been consuming I've also been watching I just started watching Electric Dreams Yes, Do on tell. Stan, uh, based on Philip K. Dick's short stories, whom I love. Uh, he's going to be a running theme today, just a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> a little uh, bit of Dick in this episode, am I right? God, we're going with that, are we? <laughs> I um, like it. <laughs> I've, read, I've watched three out of five episodes. They're all 50-minute uh, 50, 50 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've loved every one. The last one I watched was called The Commuter, and starring Timothy Spall. You may know him as Peter Pettigrew from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And all I have to say is I spent about 20 minutes after the episode just crying in the fetal position on the couch. Um, so couldn't tell you why exactly. Wow. Mostly his performance. But how, how, many, how many thumbs does that equal? A lot. <laughs> That's a lot of a thumbs. A lot of thumbs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so far the series gets two thumbs up. Again, oh. I've got two episodes left, but um, visually beautiful. Script is amazing. Um, obviously, being Philip K. Dick, it's kind of given. Um, I've heard they've chucked you, a lot of money at this, and you can see it's yeah. But I didn't, ha- I didn't really know it was happening until it was happening, and I'm like, God, the cast, the cast, like of every episode, you go, Oh my God, that's a big name. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, so far so good. I will 
Only five episodes. Only five episodes. Cool. For now, I don't know if they're if it's been renewed. Yeah, I'm a not mid-season sure. break at the moment. Okay. So, yeah, cool. It will come back early next year. Yes, yep. and it's all produced by Brian Cranston, which I'm really mm. excited yeah. about. Okay. Sort of like using his clout to bring up some you know different types of entertainment. I always love a good anthology series. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of um, the Twilight Zone, the original Rod Serling series, um, and even like when Australia tried it with Twisted Tales mm-hmm. <laughs> back in the late '90s, early '90s. That was kind of cool. Um, and Black Mirror, which I still have not got Me onto. Me too. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's so. extremely good. Yes, I've yes. heard nothing but amazing. And, the, and, and aside from the first episode, <laughs> is it? I mean, the thing I really liked about Electric Dreams so far is that every episode has been set in completely different time, space, right. everything. Okay. So, like, the first episode is quite futuristic. Second episode, super space, set in space. Yeah. Third episode is set now, maybe not even now, maybe a few years ago, on Earth. Right. So mm-hmm. it's the and it's not all like spaceships and things which most people think of when they think of Philip K. Dick, sci-fi, etc. It's I don't want to say much more, but, yeah, but basically could, my my word is it's beautiful. Philip K. Dick was a concept man and mm. an ideas man, and the great thing about you know classic sci-fi it was all about concepts as opposed yeah. to visuals, and so that's what mm. I'm really excited about seeing. And is those you know ideas and those stories that. That don't translate, yeah. In our world, yeah. Mm, that don't mm. translate to a cinematic view. It's more of a let's see how this concept is explored, which I love about yep. you know, you know, uh, sci-fi like that. Yeah, mm. highly cool. recommended. Awesome, That's, very yes. good. All right, moving on. <laughs> I just been getting hand signals. Pass it over, Jen. Pass it over, Jen. So tell me, Sandro, mm. what have you been consuming? Um, so up until about mid-December, I've set myself a mission to read heaps and heaps and heaps of Star Wars novels. Nice. Um, the ones directly leading up to Last Jedi. So they've released two books called Journey to Last Jedi. One of them is Captain Phasma. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, an origin story for her. And another is a Princess Leia one set in between Rebels season two and three, Aww. which I cannot wait to read. Um, also reading a bunch of the ones I missed out for Force Awakens, including the General Leia storyline, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Badass. Um, mm. I thought, well, w- what a better way to start than to completely avoid my original mission <laughs> and to read the books that lead into Rogue One instead. <laughs> <laughs> Go way back. So one of them is Rebels Rising, which I'm going to start reading uh, very soon, which is all about Jin. But I thought I'd start way back in the Clone Wars with Catalyst, mm. which is the official prequel novel for Rogue One. It came out before the film. It's all about Galen Erso and his kyber crystal research, trying to come up with what could possibly be, maybe, a super weapon. Yes. And so this I has... wonder what kind of super weapon. Mm. What could they possibly do I with that? I don't know, Jen. Maybe it could be a giant whoopee cushion. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> you don't know the power. There's a story in that, Rob. You need to write that story. <laughs> Sorry, Sandro. A very, very juvenile sketch. <laughs> um, so is Kendrick there? Is yep. it all set on Coruscant? Well, no. So it's set all around the universe. Um, it does start off on a planet called Vault, which is where Galen and Lyra, of course, like his wife, mm. they are there. She's pregnant and they get captured by the separatists, ah. and then Krennic goes, "Oh, I've can save you because they were friends in school or something." So this so is during the Clone Wars. This is set right near the end of the Clone Wars, right. and then about midway through, it starts to take place directly after Revenge of the Sith. Right. Um, it wraps up. I want to say 
maybe one and a half years after Revenge of the Sith. Right. And then okay. there's like four, four or five years where they're hiding out on the planet uh, the where of, you see at the start of Rogue yeah. One. Um, so going into this, I actually forgot that Galen gets kidnapped <laughs> at the start of Rogue One and yep. thought, this is all they're going to complete building the Death Star in this novel. But no, they do not. <laughs> um, before I get into that, it took me a good solid nine months to read this book. Oh wow! It's wow. So that's yeah. That's not. Are a good you one of those people that it's, reads it's like not... seven things at once, or was this you were just reading that? Yeah, I started reading it in January, and I like I I got past where they're all captured and where Jin is born. Um, that's all the spoilers I'm going to say. And I just went, "This is boring." Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm going to stop reading this, and that's I put okay. it to the side and read some other stuff instead. Yep. that's kind of what. I was going to say, I was going to say, look, it doesn't sound like the most interesting of prequels to a prequel type of thing. And they're going, (laughs) wow, let's find out how they construct this thing. I want the blueprints. (laughs) And that is is essentially what it is. They're on Geonosis for most of it because they use the drones there to build the Death Star. And it's just like, oh, one drone said he doesn't want to do it now. And the rest of them are fighting. And, and we Krennic. held a board meeting, and these are the minutes. <laughs> That's essentially what it is. Jeez. It's Krennic reporting to Palpatine. When I'd like to see those he's minutes. building so. the Death Star. See, there's a reason why in Rogue One we had one flashback mm-hmm. that went for about 20 seconds, and that was enough. Yeah. Okay, so we saw... Uh, Ganon and his wife on Coruscant. Krennic was in the background looking mysterious and they cared about the daughter. That's it. That's all we need to know. they cared about the daughter. Yeah, okay. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's all we need to see. That's why I'm more interested in like the Tarkin book or the Thrawn book or the Leia Organa because that's the thing. Leia is never given as much credit because you look at all the flashiness of Han and Luke. What did they do? Luke runs away and like (laughs) sooks for a decade and Han goes back to being a man child and just runs away from any responsibility and who's left to deal with all the intergalactic shit the woman yeah mm-hmm. yeah the ultimate woman that's yeah. why she's the only woman in the universe because Leia is the effing bomb respect mm-hmm. Mon Mothra though. Mon Mothma yeah Mon Mothra Mon, Mon Mothra, Mothra. <laughs> Mon Mothra <laughs> Mon Mothra <laughs> and then come I would the, oh god and turn, turn over to Admiral uh, Godzilla stop, <laughs> stop. God. <laughs> uh, I hate you sometimes, um, Rob. <laughs> only sometimes. Following on from that, though, the strongest character is Lyra. Um, oh, yeah. Because she's not in the she's in the film for like a total of like half a minute. She's not in it at all, and like they expand on her character a lot. She's a pretty strong character. Um, aside from that, you don't learn anything about the characters, though. Oh. Krennic's just kind of evil. Tarkin's in it for a bit. I guess he's all right. They also introduce this whole subplot with Tarkin. That doesn't really make any sense when compared to the rest of the book. Oh, yeah. And uh, you read it and you're like, this would be a good book by itself, like a Tarkin sequel to the Tarkin mm-hmm. book that, that's already out, which is by the same author as well. And it's it's not too bad. Um, but no, th- like he's always like, no, this has to be in the Catalyst book because it's sometimes important because Saul Guerrero gets involved. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, uh, I'm done with this. Dear old Saul Guerrero. I was watching this. I went back and watched Rogue One last week and I watched watched the bonus features again Mm. and I still I still love it Um, the bonus features are great there's a great moment where Forrest Whitaker goes so yes I was wanted to experiment with this voice and and Gareth just let me try and they're going 
Yeah, you can see that's a under underprepared, um, you know, well, <laughs> un- inexperienced director just being intimidated by an try. Oscar winner going, <laughs> yeah. yeah, do whatever you do want. And going, Some actors need to be told no. <laughs> yeah, I want to try this voice and it should be very good. Yeah, do whatever you want for us. Go, no, don't do whatever you want. Uh, anyway. Bless him. Anyway. But yeah, in terms of ratings, I wouldn't say it's the worst one in the new canon. I haven't read Aftermath yet, and I've heard that's not great. Okay. Um, but again, it's kind of useless and pointless and boring, so it probably is the worst one. Damn. I'm On Goodreads, I gave it a schmear. But Ooh. you know what? I've changed my opinion one thumb down. Oh! That is savage. Take not, that, Catalyst. Savage Sandra, good. everyone. Savage Sandra. I thought you were the nice teacher that gave you good marks all the time. <laughs> now he's savage. <laughs> now he's savage. <laughs> well, it had high expectations and didn't deliver. That's fair. That deserves a thumb <laughs> down. That, that deserves what the definition of a gladiatorial thumb down is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, books that are about to die, we salute you. Bit of a Roman gladiatorial <laughs> history for you there. Don't look at me. I got it. No, I'm talking into the mic, but I'm looking at you yeah, just because I want to... don't look at me. Make just... me feel dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, Rob, I got it. I just didn't laugh because it wasn't funny. So I just want, I just want to make human contact because I'm so used to doing these podcasts just over the phone. I keep on looking at my phone going, maybe it will look back at me like Sandro should be. Oh. Oh, but it doesn't. Nice. That leads in quite well to our... Film, but we're not dealing with that yet because what are we doing now, Sandra? We're doing the news. Uh, oh, nerdy news. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Jinx. Jeez. Okay, well, we did get to talk about last week. It already dropped last time we spoke, but we didn't get a chance to do it. Um, so the full official Black Panther trailer came out. Uh, yeah, the Black Panther trailer coming February next year, next Marvel film after Thor, mm. uh, following on from Civil War, set in Wakanda. Wakanda! Following the adventures of Chadwick Boseman as Chadwick Boseman. the Black Panther. Yeah, the trailer dropped. This is the first full trailer after a teaser trailer. Yes. Uh, I did watch it. I watched both trailers today. Mm. Both trailers today. Actually, I watched the new Black Panther one yesterday and then the teaser today and then the second one again. So I don't know. Like. <laughs> well, what did you think? Yeah. Did you, like, is I it... still don't know what's going on. But I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Uh, disclaimer, I don't really know much about Black Panther. Right. So I went back and just read his basic about his character and now it makes sense. Mm. The idea of this city or you know, country, country that's hidden from... Have you seen Civil War? That would explain it. I've got to step it up. Let's I know this. I just don't have enough time in my day. Yeah, this show's called you know Nerd Out, but you need to step up. With I need nerd to out. step up, nerd in and out. That's a, that's a good that's a good introduction for Black Panther as well. Watching yeah. Civil War. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, it looks rad. Yeah. It sounds cool. Good soundtrack. So, mm-hmm. uh, a bit of Vince Staples in the background this time. A song called Bag Back, which is one of my favorite songs of the year. So is that the main song? Be in there. In the um, yeah. Why don't you go down and down and down and down and down. It was really it was good. It was Rob really... is very white. I am. <laughs> that was... <laughs> it's a porn, apparently. Yeah, porn yeah. Anytime I try to do any music, it just comes out as porn. Um, because the first teaser that came out, I, as my middle class, class whitey, white, 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 said, it's a little bit too, like, black exploitation type of thing. And they go, do they really want to push that way too it. much? But then, um, yeah. and they're going, I have no qualifications in this and I will step back. Mm. And I've seen many, many, you know, you know, nerd commentators who are, like, African-American go, this is amazing. And I've gone, well, there you go. Mm. That opinion counts more than mine. Yeah, so far the, the response from people of colour has been, like, we want this film yes. now. Yeah. And, yeah. and the second trailer, it just knocks it out of the park. Yep. The soundtrack it's is incredible. 
the repeat over and over again of the revolution will not be televised yeah. is just so important mm. and really establishing um, Wakanda as a city because it could be perceived as the, like you know the lost hidden crumbling world within you know within Africa mm. but it becomes this like it's like this almost like El Dorado type uh, city of gold type of place but it's a city of futuristic technology they do mention El Dorado in the first trailer yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's El Dorado yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. just because I just watched it (laughs) (laughs) but I really love it they've uh, creating a world which hasn't really like hasn't been done since the Guardians of the Galaxy films but this is a world within the world that we know our world yeah Yeah. Yeah. which I think is incredible and just the cast is so beautifully balanced with you know uh, male and female characters on the same level of strength Mm. and power and and control and within a Marvel world especially that is very important because yeah. you know a lot of the uh, female leads within the Marvel universe have really been pushed to the side or not really given the same attention especially not with marketing or uh, merchandising mm. so to see this where you've got this beautiful balance of cast um, and you know and, and and the funniest thing is you've got a Hobbit and Smeagol yeah. uh, <laughs> yes. are gonna I laughed uh, uh, you know you know the nefarious ones in it. So. Mm, yeah. Hopefully, that balance isn't just in the trailers. We're not just getting them. It it actually. Yeah, there is a chance they won't be in the film that much. No, I think the main focus is going to be. I um, mean the male female balance. Oh right, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. balance of the male female characters isn't just the trailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hope I'm holding out hope. Hmm. Yeah. What we'll do you think see. of it, Sandra? I thought it was really good. I don't know much about Black Panther. I've read bits and pieces, mainly crossover material. Yeah. Um, mm. And I was cautious about this film because the director has done really good stuff before, but it's always been like a very particular genre film. And the thing with Marvel is you want every single film to feel different. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if it was going to be able to create that difference but it seems like it's going to work look yeah that's been the main criticism of Marvel for a long time it's just a bit of a cookie cutter mm. film experience but they've been really pushing hard with these last two films well last three films um, with Doctor Strange they tried to push it visually but for me the storyline was still so generically yeah. uh, origin story um, there's been a lot of talk pre-talk about um, Thor Ragnarok yeah. about how it's just really being knocked out of the park visually and also script-wise and performance-wise. I'm very much looking forward to us to talking about that. And this as well looks like a whole other visual approach but also um, storytelling approach as well because they're building a world within a world and that it's a different type of lead. You know, this is kind of like, you know, Tony Stark was the the king of his uh, industrial empire yeah. where this is the actual king of, of an a country. Empire. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not just... A superhero, it's like kind of like the Phantom in some ways. It's a tradition <laughs> yeah. passed down from family to family. So it's about heritage. It's about um, it's about legacy. It's about all these things. Like like it says, it says you know, hero, warrior, king. So that's going to be something very interesting to explore how this balance is done with the responsibilities of not just your superhero, you know, uh, costume, but also you as the ruler of a land. You need to protect these people yeah it's going to be very fun to explore hmm speaking of costumes Black Panther's costume looks great Rad. just to say that yeah, yeah yeah saying that the villain played by Michael B. Jordan who was also in Creed uh, 
He plays Killmonger. Are you sure the he's the villain, battle. though, Sandro? I don't Are think... you sure he's the villain with that name, Killmonger? <laughs> Surely he's like an accountant, or you know, and works in a daycare center. Maybe he's a fishmonger. Uh, he's a fishmonger. Yeah, <laughs> he kills those fish and mungs the hell out of them. Uh, comics. You can take them really seriously yep. and then read the name of one of the <laughs> villains and go, ah, nah, it's, it's a comic. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, it seems like the final battle scene is going to be just two Black Panthers just fighting in the just same fun. suit. Is that Creed style? Do you think that's going to be good? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Not no. if that's if the well, way you just described it is what happened. I'm <laughs> well, not going to be impressed. That's the thing. There's been like however how many Marvel films right now, and we're used to the format. Yeah. We're used to the format is you know lead into the character. You, there's a crisis in the middle and they resolve it with the most epic of all CGI battles. <laughs> yes. We can clearly go, well, all the actors had a day off and they just came into the voiceover studio months later and went, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, stay aligned. Um, but, you know, try and shift it up and change it. That's one of the criticisms about the Spider-Man Homecoming. It kind of ends, it's such a fresh approach, but ends in just this generic yeah. CGI good guy fighting CGI bad guy. So, trying to find... <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Spoilers. Don't tell me how spoilers. It ends. The good guy and the bad guy fight at the end. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry for spoiling that. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to mix it up a bit, change it up yeah. a bit. The ending of Doctor Strange was mm, an incredible yeah. you know, yeah. switch around. That It wasn't about who was the strongest. It was about you know, the endurance and the clever of Doctor Strange, which was a good mix-up. Mm. So, finding something different. If they strip it all back to one man fighting another man for the right to control... You know this country, mm-hmm. um, you know if done well, could be you know one of the better ways to end a film. Yeah. Let's deal with the human emotion as opposed to the CGI spectacle. Yeah, yeah. I just want to feel, Jen. I just want to feel something. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> You're nice. Thanks. <laughs> that made me feel something. Rob. <laughs> that made me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Speaking of feeling something, let's move on to the next bit of news. What a segue. Oh my gosh, what a segue. Next, uh, Marvel has been dropping something else, and apparently they're dropping this on Netflix the day Justice League comes yeah, out. Yeah, the exact same day Justice League is out. Marvel just do not <laughs> give a shit. And it's a TV that. show as well. It's a TV is, show as well. Which well, you go see the movie, you come home, you watch the TV on, show. Yeah, that's yeah, what I boom. No. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Punisher. Punisher. The Punisher. Storm in Daredevil Season 2. Now it's got his own show. Karen Page is in it. It's back to 13 episodes. They dropped the second trailer. What'd you think? Pretty Look, brutal. It looks yeah, A it lot is. of him walking toward the camera, looking <laughs> like he's going to punish somebody yes. with some sort of weapon in hand and some awesome music in the background. Yeah. And um, I'm feeling it's, it. It's, it's a... <sighs> I don't want to be flippant about it because I'm not. I'm not trying to be flippant at all. But the fact that, you know, they were going to drop the trailer sooner or later or they're going to drop the series later, but they pushed the series back because Um, of... Yeah, originally it was going to be at New York Comic Con, but then the LA tragedy happened. That's right. They were going to drop something at... Yeah, the first episode or something. The whole thing they were playing. The whole thing at at New York Comic Con. But then, of course, of the tragedy with... um, uh, Las Vegas, they pushed it back. And, Vegas, yeah. and again, the conversation started for a little bit and the conversation stopped. And you look at this trailer, this is a pure representation of an American man sorting his stuff out with nothing but weapons. Yep. Yeah. And I remember a couple, I think Kevin Smith said, 
you know, he's all for gun control and gun thinking, but after seeing that trailer, he wanted to go out and buy a gun. And you're there going, that is not a good thing <laughs> at this current state and climate, but that is what Punisher is. Punisher is that taking the extreme of what vigilantism mm. is yeah. to yeah. the hardcore, and it has never worked in any cinematic form. We've talked about this before. Uh, yeah. Dolph Lundgren's film back <laughs> no. in the 80s filmed in Australia. Not even Barry Otto could save that film. Uh, the Michael, the uh, Thomas Jane uh, film with John Travolta was appalling. Then there was uh, Warzone as well. Never really clashed, but it really worked within the Daredevil format. Yeah. Especially after Daredevil's Daredevil. adventure in season one, where he is clashing his conscience about do I step that, overstep that line to kill? And mm-hmm. he makes the decision ultimately not to kill, which is absolutely amazing about Daredevil. Um, but then in season two, he has to deal with that head on and he has to not only stand by what he believes, but justify it and fight for the fact that he will not kill when yeah. he is faced with Frank Castle. Mm. And But that f- Punisher worked well because he was, you know, um, working off the purity in many yeah. ways, the the dark purity really of, Punish, of uh, Daredevil and Elektra as well. But to have a whole season and 13 episodes focusing on Frank Castle, I don't yeah. know if I could handle 45 minutes times 13 of that pure, you know, focus on death, macabre, violence and mm. ex- the extreme of it. Well, yeah, as you said last episode about uh, Logan get to a point where that killing and killing and blood and going you're just kind of like I'm done show me something different yeah I think that hat I don't know like it, it could it could go either way but it has the um, potential to get three episodes in and be like he's gonna punish some people yeah and yeah. I don't really want to see that so yeah but, that yeah for me always like that's why Batman always hit strong for me as a kid that he never crossed that line. Yeah, yeah. He never crossed that line, that vigilantism. He always said, I will not go to that length because then it just becomes, you know, like Spawn and Punisher and and Logan and all this type of stuff where death becomes just this, you know, throwaway thing. And especially with someone like, who has seen so much tragedy to then be consumed by that is horrifying to see. And it is not something that I, you know, I don't know if I want to watch 13 episodes straight of that. Yeah. So, mm. but How do you feel about the uh, blood and gore, Sandro? Yeah. And killing. Uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> but... But I love it! <laughs> I'm just the Punisher. <laughs> it's comics. It's my thing. Um, I do agree, though, the best Punisher storylines are always when he teams up with someone like Spider-Man sure. um, or Daredevil or Deadpool. That's always a, a lot of fun. Even it's a, imagine, a lot more killing. Imagine Tom Holland <laughs> teaming up with this man. How amazing would that be? <laughs> <laughs> look, look, Sandra's there literally with gleaming that would positivity. Be that would be that's so amazing. I'm going, that's horrifying. <laughs> Interesting thing you, sh- you would say, that you said at the start there, Sandra, is that it's, just, it's comics. Yeah. I don't know. I find comics can get away with it. When you're reading it, you're turning mm. the page. Uh, I don't know. You got to pull it back a bit. But with TV, TV show, yeah, yeah. I definitely think they're going to hold back on a lot of sure. the killing and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, just and put it all in the trailer. Just put it all. Yeah. Also, Ka- Karen Page uh, is carrying over from Daredevil. I feel like she'll be a bit of light in the show. Yeah. Um, I'm. A, I really, I really like what the the actress has done with the character uh, in Daredevil. So I'm looking forward to seeing what she does with this one. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I am kind of... Because at the same time, all the Marvel Netflix shows are just dark to the point of being dark 
just for the sake of it. And I feel like the Punisher is going to be the darkest out of all of them. Hmm. So, in this current climate, I'm not excited for it. But in general, I would have liked this a couple of years ago. Yeah. But I am kind of hesitant at the moment because I'm like, eh, it's, it's probably going to be. Also, 13 episodes just don't. It's too many. Yeah. Eight episodes is fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, the actor is fantastic, and I think he's done the best representation of Punisher that we've ever seen. Um, what's his name again? He was in uh, John Berthenhall. Berthenhall, yeah, yeah, yeah. From, um, he was yes. great in Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very yeah. briefly. Yes, he was. That's was true. he slow? No. <laughs> great line. Um, yeah, he's he's really brought that side of the Punisher goes. No, no, he is mentally disturbed and he mm. needs therapy yeah. and he needs a lot of medication and he needs to be observed by and not given a weapon. Not given a weapon. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no, he should be given a paintbrush and do art therapy. <laughs> He'll kill I'm... someone with a paintbrush. Oh, he would as Can't. well. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe mind Have you art met him? therapy. <laughs> no, no, because I would not last five <laughs> seconds with that man. Yeah. I think you're right, Sandra. I think, yeah, something I would have, like, eaten up a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's Just a thing. little bit, like, it's mm. a bit, yeah. Yeah, it feels yeah. messy for me. Probably yep. not at the moment, but I'm probably still going to enjoy it. Yeah, I'll watch because, it. Because, you know, I like The Punisher. Um, uh, exciting news in the world of Whovians. It just dropped really casually today, mm. like literally a couple of hours ago. Uh, they just went, all right, here's a promotion shot of your TARDIS crew. Thank you very much. And just drop no preparation, <laughs> no lead up. Let's put this here and see if anyone noticed. Yeah, let's see if anyone noticed. And so they released an official photo of um, uh, Jodie Whittaker with her three uh, new companions. Three. The best TARDIS number. Well, the best number. Well, it's four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the best TARDIS number for me is. Yeah. But this is three companions plus the Doctor. So we've got uh, the rumors are true. It was dropped in August that possibly um, veteran uh, comic and TV host turned dramatic actor Bradley Walsh yes. uh, would be taking on a companion role. And the outcry was was <laughs> loud and long. People going, it can't be Bradley Walsh. What a disaster. He's you know a comic and he hosts the UK version of, of The Chase. This can't be right. This can't <laughs> be true. Um, but a lot of pop, what a lot of pop, Lot, what a lot of people don't know is that he actually uh, had his first dramatic hand on television in the UK version of Law and Order. Him and Jamie mm-hmm. Bamber was the two were the two detectives, and that show was run by Mr. Chris Chimnall. So as we can see, okay. Mr. Chimnall is wanting to rely on people he knows sure. for this very important show. But smart. the most exciting thing, very smart man. Uh, but the most exciting thing is we've got two new uh, newbies, uh, yep. re- virtual unknowns. We've got uh, Mandip Gill playing uh, Yasmin, and we have um, uh, Toshin Cole as Ryan. And so we've got a very a diverse cast, which is very exciting. So um, so that is something we've got two actors, um, uh, non-white actors, which is really exciting, mm-hmm. regular. And also another actress has been announced in a regular role. Oh, really? Um, uh, I want to say Sharon B. Clark or Sharon B. Cole. I can't remember her last name. Uh, she's going to be in there in some way, shape, or form. A lot of people are saying... Um, we don't know whether they're all going to be regulars, whether they're all going to be regulars in the TARDIS. Maybe some of them are, some of them aren't. Some people are already going, well, that means some of them are going to be kill- killed off quickly. <laughs> going, Just calm down. Um, but the Doctor and Three Companions has only worked 
has only been used a couple of times. It was used yeah. in the original lineup back in '63. Yeah. Worked then, yeah, to do- a certain extent. It yeah. worked to a certain extent. Some episodes are stronger than others. So that was the Doctor, his granddaughter Susan, and uh, school teachers Ian and uh, Barbara Wright, who is one of the greatest characters in Doctor Who history. Um, and then it fell back into my favorite format, which is the Doctor and Two Companions, yeah. it's a magic mm-hmm. number. Um, and but then it wasn't again until the '80s with the Fifth Doctor, where we had Adric. Nissa and Tegan. To be honest, though, Adric barely did anything in any of those episodes. <laughs> he's best, a half a companion. He's, he's yeah, yeah. If that, uh, his best episode for me is uh, a Black Orchid, where oh, they don't yes. know what to do for the entire two-part story. He is just seen eating <laughs> every eats. single scene. He just so eats. Good. The Tardis must have a good kitchen. <laughs> that was my first. Episode watching Adric as well. Oh, oh God. God. Like, the perfect setup for the That's character. all he does. Um, <laughs> so, yes, that format didn't really work because the mm. showrunner thought, um, uh, mistakenly thought that arguing equaled drama. And yeah. uh, no. he didn't understand that those two things are not the same. Mm. Um, so, I'm a little bit cautious, but I am aware it did work beautifully in 63, 64. Um, and you know, I, I'm 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 open to Bradley Walsh. I'm not as closed off as a lot of other people are because I was one of the people who was resistant towards a certain Billy Piper when yeah, she was first announced, sure. and she went on to be incredible mm. in the first season with Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. So I'm putting it out there. I think Bradley Walsh is the new Billy Piper. <laughs> so if he wants yeah. to release a, a, yeah. a cover of Honey to the Bee, I'll be up That's for that. You for me. <laughs> I like Billy. A lot. So yeah, what do you what do you think about the casting, uh, fellow Hoovian Sandro? Obviously, it's hard to tell because it's just a photo. But um, as you said, many different types of people in the cast, which is fantastic. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they all bring. I was one of the people who was against Bradley Walsh, only because it's an older guy. I was kind of hoping maybe we go for something a bit younger. Because mm-hmm. after Capaldi having an older companion. It just felt like it, it, it was going to be Capaldi again. Yeah, it, that we're just going to continue that through the show, but that probably won't be the case. I'm open to being surprised. I pretty much go into this with no expectations in terms of his performance. Um, the one thing I was really excited about Bradley was really um, in this press conference that they just had. He was so positive about the history of the show he talked about he watched it when it was first on in 63 he actually went to the movies and he talked about how scary Doctor Who was in black and white which is something that Neil Gaiman always said he said Doctor Who lost something when it went to colour it was always scariest at black and white Um, and he also said he went to the movies to watch the Peter Cushing's films which (laughs) I think is respectable they're horrible (laughs) films but yeah so what about you Jen you're a casual uh, Whovian very casual yeah yeah have you um, checked out the the pic what do you think I saw the pic um, just going off what you said before, Rob, about the magic number, and like you said, we don't know how, what capacity these characters are going to be in. Yeah, yeah. We may not ever get all four of them in the TARDIS at the same time, and I feel like four people in the TARDIS, it's bigger on the inside, but it can be very <laughs> small, like you said. Arguing isn't drama, and I feel like four people travelling through time and space together every episode, yeah. I think I think if they're smart, um, it'll they'll sort of, you know share the load between them all but yeah to be honest I know nothing else I don't really I don't recognise any of the character, the actors sorry so the Bradley Walsh thank you yeah haven't seen any of the the chase on a no, on a weekday afternoon on no. Channel 7 yeah so like obviously you're very excited Rob and so Sandro <laughs> so I'm just looking forward to seeing how it goes and I hope that it goes well I, for I, your sake we and are for all, mine because I have to hear it we are all hopeful <laughs> 
One other bit of Doctor Who news, though, that came out alongside the uh, the picture is the information about the season itself. We were unsure what the episode number would be and episode length. Mm. Now we know they're cutting it back from 12 episodes to 10 episodes a season. Yes. And rather than the rumoured amount was about one hour, 10 minutes was going to be the average, like almost feature length. That's not the case. 50 minutes per episode, 10 episodes for the season. Yes, but each episode at the moment goes for about, what, 45? Just 44? short of 50. Yeah, yeah. and there yeah. are some that go much longer. And well. the first episode is going to be a full hour yes. from what yep. we heard. We'll have to wait and see. Yes, and that, look, yeah. For everything, of course, we talk about news. All right, we'll move on now. Jen, Han Solo movie has a title. We never would have guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed called Solo. So Ugh. you can slam it oh, down, nice. <laughs> which is what I'll do. <laughs> Look, we, uh, we were talking about this just before before we started recording, and it's not a surprise, but also people getting very upset about it and <laughs> saying that they thought it was going to be more creative or like something. Oh, we literally <laughs> said, what did you expect? Like, what did you expect? It's solo. It is what it's about. It's, it's a Han Solo film. Mm-hmm. The best Star Wars films do what they say on the tin. Okay? The best Star Wars titles are the ones that say it. I Empire don't even... Empire struck back. Stroke, Empire, stroke, stroke back hard. They stroke back they hard. struck back. How, how striking were they stroking? They stroked it good. Okay? <laughs> and then what? who returned? The, re- the Jedi the Jedi did. Returned. Not revenged. He returned. He returned. <laughs> they had to change it. Good thing. I don't even go by A New Hope. That can go off. I just call it Star, Star Wars. Wars. And what happens in that? There's a war within in the, the stars. <laughs> What happened? What's Rogue One about? It's about Rogue One. When he tried to get creative with, ooh, it's a Phantom Menace. Bugger that off. You know what it should have been Schmeer. called? Little Annoying Kid. That's it. Should have been called Pod Racing. <laughs> pod Racing. And then some stuff. Sabolba! <laughs> so, <laughs> so look, I'm, I'm, I like it. Yeah. It's I'm cool. Look, we all knew it. Everyone it knew it. It also doesn't give anything away. No. Like, if they tried to call it something, like, I don't know, I've got nothing, but, like, anything that might give the plot away a little bit. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, even if they put solo, dot, dot, an adventure, blah, 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 blah. Mm. It's, yeah. They could have gone with the title, geez, we hope this works. Yeah. <laughs> um, Please hope Lando makes an appearance. <laughs> well, he does, of course, we know this. Let, let's, let's put everything on Donald Glover. They should have called mm-hmm. it Han and Lando. Like, buddy cop film. No, oh. Han and Chewie, come on. No, we've had enough of Han and Chewie. Oh. oh. That was inflammatory. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what I meant to say was I love them, <laughs> but I want to see how Han and Lando, how Han ended up with the Falcon. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. everyone's going to see that. Like, are we, though? Yeah, of course we are. We're going to have to see that. You reckon? Yeah, I think it's going to be tick the boxes. I hope so. Because that's the thing. I think Lord and Miller wanted to go, sure, this is our... This is our, you know, dot to dot. Mm. But we're going to go off and improvise and make our own little drawings. Yeah. You know, when you used to do that as a kid, you get a, a coloring in book and you just go, "I'm going to add things to this." Mm. That's that's Lord and Miller, okay? And the, and, <laughs> and and Kathleen Kennedy and and Lawrence Kasdan went, "No, here is your coloring in book. Stay within the lines." We need to know how Han got the Falcon. We, we've got to do the Falcon. If we don't, people yeah. will riot. Yeah, mm. we got to see how he got how Lando got the cape. <laughs> yeah, I need to know that. We got, we've got to see the knowledge. life debt. We've got to see the reason why. Chewie's there. If we don't get that, that's going to be I also so want to know why... I don't think they'll answer it, but why Han is actually kind of wearing Lando's clothing. Oh. Yeah. Vice versa. In, in which um, which movie is it where Lando's just rocking Han's, Han's clothes? I'm like... It's like, Lando's wearing Han, Han's clothes. I'm like, 
I think Han's been wearing Lando's clothes this whole time. Oh. <laughs> came with the Falcon. He went, yeah, I like this. It suits me. I look, I look good. He came good. with the Falcon. He came with the Falcon. Do I get a chance to get all my stuff out? Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. no. Everything's fine. <laughs> and Lando went, oh, well, what am I going to wear now? Capes. All this moustache wax. I don't need to use that. <laughs> Chewie, so, take yeah. that. <laughs> That's why. That's why Chewie's always going to Chewie's got quit. the slick back hair in the first one. <laughs> And they've run out by Jedi. That's why he's got like the the. No wonder Lando's so pissed. He didn't just lose his ship. He lost all his his stuff, his wardrobe, his moustache wax, his moustache wax. His moustache wax. That's why he went to be a general in Return of the Jedi. He needed a new costume. That's why they gave him a uniform. There you go. (laughs) See, these are the things that could be put in the new in this film. Look, yeah, Lord Miller. As I said, Han and Lando. Han and Lando. A buddy cop film. So yeah. Sure. Because that's the thing. There's, everyone knows this stuff because it's all been written in lore about, you know, that Lando... Uh, Lando? Han and Lando. Han, Lando. Oh, that's a ship that's working right there, yeah. shipping. Um, so Han was a young officer in the in the Empire. Yeah. And he's stationed on Kashyyyk uh, or somewhere where they're using the Wookiees as slaves. And yeah. he just can't, you know, he's mad as hell and can't take it anymore. So he saves, he tries to save them all, but saves just one. Mm. And that's Chewie. So Chewie goes, <laughs> he goes, okay, well, you can't stay with me forever. <laughs> just write this thing right <laughs> never itself. sounded like that. <laughs> Chewie's not once sounded like that. <laughs> Maybe he did when he was younger. Maybe okay. He okay. Yeah, then he's Maybe we'll find that out in this film. Um, this is what we're going to find out. How Chewie's voice dropped. Um, and so that leads on into all this other stuff and it's it's a check sheet that we're going to be like ticking off as fans whether yeah. there's going to be any you know sparks of individuality and it kind of went out the window when Lord and Miller left and mm. now we've got good old reliable Ron Howe who'll just tick <laughs> the boxes and do what he's told to do take the paycheck and make sure it's a safe secure film with a decent title I'm pretty chill about film titles they don't really upset me too much yeah. no. people lost their shit about The Force Awakens what happened in that film? The force of the do did awaken. Did awaken. Did awaken. It done awoken. It's done blowing it awoken. Oh god, Rob's been doing accents all night. I'm not into it. Um, what do you think, Sandro? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I didn't even think we needed to chat about it for ten minutes. It's cool. I just wanted to see how many. Accents so many memes in it too. Oh, all the memes. Oh, there's already memes. Well done to the person who created the meme with this with the solo drink uh, logo already mm. in there. You may or may not remember from last episode. I don't know if it got edited out, but I did make that joke. So I think someone listened to it and then used my joke. Um, Jen doesn't want to take responsibility. But that, for that episode did get released after the news came out. It's fa- it's so fake news, Sandro. It's fake news. Had a premonition about it, maybe. Anyway, I did say I did make a solo joke. So basically, <laughs> Jen's the best. Yeah. Uh, one last bit of news here before we wrap up and move on to our main review. Just a very quick, fun one. Uh, just casually in the latest episode of Arrow season six, Oliver Queen just goes, "Well, it's not like Bruce Wayne runs around Gotham wearing a suit." Get out! Really? <laughs> yes. La 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 la. Is this season six? Season or six of Arrow is like episode two or something. They just don't care anymore. They, they don't care. <laughs> it's great. Was it? Was it a hint that he knew that? Or was I, it just him being like, choose I, a random person? I have no idea, but now we know that Gotham exists and uh-huh. the Bruce Wayne's in the Arrowverse, which is so weird because a lot of Bruce Wayne's storylines are exactly the same as what they're doing in Arrow because they're just ripping off Batman. Yeah, that's, what the, that's a whole They're making up for it. They're like, shit, we ripped it off. We have to reference it. <laughs> homage. Same homage. universe. Same universe. <laughs> same universe. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? 
what's going to happen now? So if they do Batman, it's going to steal all of Superman stuff, and Superman's going to steal stuff from Captain uh, Marvel, Shazam, and yeah, it's just yeah. going to be a feedback loop. So I don't That's know. What's, I don't know what's going on there. I think they mentioned Batman and Supergirl once, though. So maybe. Uh, well, you've been know. watching that more than me, so yeah. Uh, I have no idea. But there we go. The, there is the possibility that we'll... Just a cash name drop. Yeah, that we will get a, a film Justice League and a TV Justice League. <laughs> but that's the thing. But it's kind of like the the um, Mark Belanti sort of like Arrowverse is like a is one that is like Earth 2 or Earth 3 compared to that's, the movie-verse is another... That's what Jeff Johns multiverse. has been saying. Yes. Yeah, that it's a multiverse. It's a multiverse. So the movie the movie-verse is another dimension. Multiverse, and, sorry. Yeah. Very Rick and Morty thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's a multiverse! Pretty, yeah, but that's what they use in, in DC, isn't it? The multiverse? Uh, I think it's multiverse in DC. DC, or, yeah. Yeah, I think it is. And it's metahumans in DC as well. Mm. So yeah, so I kind of like that idea that it's... Like, you know, they've actually, Jeff Johns just comes out and goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's the multiverse. And goes, mur, 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 okay. It's a justification for everything. And all the nerds go, we're okay Multiverse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, just a bit of fun. I just, I had to pause the episode and rewind and just go, there's no way. He did what? Yeah, but was it casual, like Jen says, or was it really just a, a massive telegraph he just going? Said it. Like, he knows like, Bruce he Wayne is Batman. Mm, I think just... so. Uh, there's no hints towards it. He didn't wink at the camera afterwards? Well, the way you were delivering it, it's kind of like, yeah, as if he's doing anything. So it's like a case of... So Batman is fully aware that this shit's going on. He's going, no, I'm just staying in Gotham. I'm not going to do anything. So Bruce Wayne runs around in a suit. Am I right? Am I right? Looks through, looks down the barrel of the camera. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. So you don't um, want to talk about Detective Pikachu? <laughs> <laughs> You've got that down on the notes, Sandra. You we shouldn't... had a bunch of possible news oh headlines. Oh, my goodness. I mean, if you want to discuss Real about... quick. ...a live-action... Detective Pikachu movie. I'm just not into the Pikachu's hat not fitting in properly. <laughs> the picture that comes up when you click on the link about this Detective Pikachu shit. He's wearing a fedora. Um, and look, uh, we won't get into my feelings about fedoras. It's I love them. I worked in a hat shop. Anyway, it doesn't fit in properly and it's like sitting on one ear and I'm not into it. So no. he's not going to rock the proper costume. I'm not into it. But there's a lot of controversy about it. I can't believe we're actually fucking talking about this. But like... That's all, all I have to say about of it. Of all the like Pokemon stories to do as a film, yeah. they're doing a, a live action film. A live action. Well, they're doing it's detective not. Pikachu. Yeah. Oh, I didn't read yeah, that yeah. part. They're yeah. shooting in London. Assuming Pikachu won't be like. Oh, oh gonna, no, he's going to be CGI. <laughs> he's be, no, Can you no, no, oh, no, they've already cast it. They've already cast <laughs> Just it. Just a dude in a fedora with a yellow face being like. I think they've actually cast oh. Andrew Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we I don't know why I said Andrew Garfield. I pulled some actor out of my eye. Neither do I. Ugh. Well, there you go. Anyway, so that's a movie that's filming in January. <laughs> and the, we were, I joked about it, and we actually did talk about it. We've run out of ideas. <laughs> they have. Yeah. They have totally run out of ideas. But it's the first Nintendo movie since Mario Brothers. Oh. And we see how that well. went. So, who knows? <laughs> Maybe you could launch the Nintendo Movie Cinematic Universe. Stop it. Stop it, Zelda Sandra. Movie you know it's going to happen. It is gonna you know it's going to happen. Zelda Movie would be good. Cool. Well, no, no, well, Zelda Movie would be good, actually. Well, let's, <laughs> well it may not happen because we all saw what happened to the Universal, the Dark, oh, the dark universe, universe dark universe movie franchise. <laughs> so yeah, let's do a photo where we get all our big stars together, but we couldn't get them on the same day, so we'll just do the most... The most horrible Photoshop we can. We're going to do Bride of Frankenstein, and we're going to do Frankenstein, and we're going to do The Invisible Man, and been Mummy, totally and Dr. That. Jekyll. Mm. And then the mummy bombed in the ass, and they've just gone, nah. oh. 
Can we move on? Because this is making me real depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, okay, let's move away from the depression. Let's I'm talk Pikachu. about dystopian futures. Yay! <laughs> That's my happy place. <laughs> yeah, our, uh, <laughs> our main review this week is Blade Runner 2049. We're a little late, so it's all spoilers. We're not holding back. All spoilers. If you haven't seen it, check out the time code. You can skip to the end of the episode. I don't look. I look. I'm a casual viewer of the original Blade Runner, so I thought I'm probably not the best person to handle the main review to lead the reviews. I'm going to hand it over to Rob. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, so we were talking about this last time. So Jen watched the version of it that's on Netflix, correct? Which, which is, is the US theatrical, I believe. Yes, which came out. But I, I have seen the other versions. Yes, and did you watch any of it before? I watched the final cut right before the film. The yeah. final cut. Okay, yeah, so cool. Blade Runner, um, as everyone knows, is a Philip K. Dick uh, story. Do androids dream of electric sheep? He'd been pushing it around for ages, and uh, Ridley Scott got behind it, and it came out in 82. Uh, and it was a massive flop, actually. Yeah. It died in the ass. It was so much... Um, uh, troubles behind the scenes leading up to the film being released, multiple different cuts and stuff like that, and that's why there are so many different versions of this film, almost as many yeah. versions as, say, the, the original 78 uh, Superman film. Mm. There was the original theatrical cut that came out with the famous uh, voiceover mm-hmm. uh, in it just to explain everything yep. to the audience, yeah. and uh, the famous cut out of the dream sequence. Yep. With the unicorn, mm. which was meant to imply that Deckard, our lead character, who's the Blade Runner killer, or the replicant killer, retirer, is actually a replicant himself. Mm. And it ends in a more dark, morbid way. It's a that, lot more brutal as well. Yes, as opposed to uh, the original film where we have them driving off into the Canadian... On a train. And, and, yeah. the tra- and the trees and the sunsets and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, so it be- developed a cult following. It, wasn't, it was one of the first real you know, VHS... Uh, cult films and then in the late 80s early 90s early 90s they released uh, the director's cut which took out the happy ending took out the uh, the voiceover brought in the um, the uh, unicorn dream sequence and dark uh, ends in a more dark cliffhangery type manner and that became a massive success online and they did screenings of it and stuff like that and then around 2000 and I want to say 8 or 9 they there. released the final cut which is they cleared up all the footage they came back and reshot some stuff mm-hmm. um, uh, I can't remember the Cassidy girl, woman's name first name who uh, was the the dancer replicant she came back to do some reshoots um and they added in more violence, more gore in the final cut, which mm. is now seen as many ways the definitive version. So uh, there's many, many different versions of it. It was never a financial success in the no. cinemas, but it has become a hugely influential film. It is shot stunningly. The music is incredible. Mm. It's a visual feast and how uh, Rid- Ridley Scott really was at the peak of his cinema, gra- cinema-, cinema world creating um, uh, heights. And so it became hugely influential on other sci-fi movies and directors and writers. But mainstream audiences never connected really with it. But mm. this had a cult following there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's taken over 30 years to get this back up for a sequel. And wasn't the biggest surprise. Everyone's actually – it was a big surprise. Everyone going, they're going to do this what as a mainstream film. Yeah. Um, so, so you went back and watched it. You went back and watched it. How was it wa- watching it? Watching especially the the first <laughs> cut of it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, well, it had been about, oh, I reckon, five years since I've seen the final cut. Mm. And so I couldn't really remember all the details. And I was like, I got about 20 minutes, 30 minutes in, and I went, I'm not liking... Why don't I like this? I loved it when I first saw it. I'd also mm. just read the book, mind you. And I was like, something's wrong here. I remember <laughs> loving it. I don't remember these voiceovers. And my partner was like, I'm sure it's more gory than this. Like, We were very confused. And then afterwards, I'd, I'd posted on Facebook that I was watching it. Someone goes, which version? And mm. I was like, huh. <laughs> That's right. There's versions of it. So... um didn't enjoy it because of the cut, but um, all the bits, like the as you said, the visuals, the music, everything. I still, I still love it. It's mm. such, it's, it's incredible, and it was so um, different for it, like for its time. Like we've seen a lot of stuff that's similar now, but it's still just so unique. Oh, I mean, and like, you just can't. I'm of the generation that saw a lot of these films for the first time on the small screen. Yeah. So mm. Jaws, um, even ET. Um, Star Wars, Empire, um, and Blade Runner. The first time I saw it was on the small screen. So when they released the final cut, they played it at the Astor. So that was, yeah, I got to see... That's cool. When I finally got to see it on the big screen for the first time, I got it because that opening shot when it goes from the the black background and the writing up of what a Blade Runner is and what the time is, and then it just goes to Los Angeles 2019, and boom, yeah. there's just that opening shot on the big screen you just go yeah. and you are just says the world right yeah right there um so sandra you watched the final cut just mm-hmm. before going to see the the sequel and how was it for you returning to it it was better actually i think blade runner is one of the only films probably that just gets better every time you watch it yeah i still don't think it's a masterpiece as some people say like everyone's like harrison ford his performance is so dark and it's mysterious no it's just fine he's <laughs> like, like, just like he's fine yeah um visually it was incredible it still like holds up and it's just good it's just yeah. all around just it's a good way to put it it's just it's, just good it's just a good film yeah i wouldn't say it's the best really scott film like uh, i love alien it's mm. it's one of my favorite sci-fis of all time and you can see there are moments of this where you go oh that's yeah that's very alien yes um, um uh, his use of light yeah. and darkness yeah. and, and then light cutting through. But with Alien, it's through you know beams of light from from stars or from adjacent areas or computers coming on. But with this, it's shot very much like... It, it, it was neo-noir. It was the creation mm, of a future noir. And so I forgot how No wonder how they mu- went crazy with the voiceovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, noir. Yeah. They've got to have a voiceover. Um, also, I picked up a lot more with how clumsy he is with dialogue and human emotions and especially because he asked these questions to Rachel the yeah. whole process like that mm-hmm. and how they crack to finally find out what a replicant is. Yeah. He's doing that as well. He doesn't really know how to do this communication and so the it's always implied that Deckard is um, a replicant and you see yeah. yeah so he's at the piano and you see all the photos the the unicorn and about all this is type of stuff. Is he a replicant? And then, and then that leads us into Blade Runner 2049 and what I loved they still kept that thing mm. unanswered which yeah that was the one thing I was like please don't tell us and they didn't they, and, it, and but they gave us what we wanted in making K a replicant from the get go yeah yeah, yeah yeah we were like okay this is okay. what we wondered how it would work if, if Deckard was a replicant mm. we're getting that with a different character yeah, which yeah, I yeah. really I, I'm glad I didn't wimp out on that so, there's a lot of good stock to this. They've got in Ryan Gosling, mm. the man who I 
don't <laughs> want to, but I adore. Um, yeah. You've got Robin Wright, Pan- Robin Wright in there. Um, you've and you've brought back, of course, Harrison Ford and Edward James almost comes yeah. back mm-hmm. in the cameo. Even they bring back spoiler, 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 McSpoilery. They actually bring back in you know the world of CGI creation. I have a lot uh, of feelings about that. Sean Young, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and even uh, Dave Batista. Batista shows up in there as also well. Also got Jared Leto. And and I've got a lot We've of got the feelings about, about that. that. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. So Bef- we, yeah, you got, say, okay. before we start, none of us have told each other no. how we felt about the film. So we all saw it a few days apart last week. Um, all came out of the cinema and go, just saw Blade Runner uh, 2049. Let's not tell each other what we thought of it <laughs> until recording. So... Uh, do we want to reveal? Yeah. We? No, let's not. Can we not, please? Okay? I like, really need to know. Like, I, get, I get the gist of and what And that's the episode. Think, Make but... sure you know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. So I'll go first because you want to start off with me. Okay. Oh. There's a lot I loved about it. I'm so nervous. There's a lot of things I loved about it and there's some things I was a bit schmear okay. about. Okay. Not schmear. Schmear. So some things work. Things that worked really, really worked. The things that didn't, uh, you know, really grinded my gears. And the more I think about it, I think it was mm. way too long. Disagree. Ooh, I disagree Went. as well. Oh wow. Okay. Mm. Okay. I thought it could have cut at least forty minutes out of it just to really get to the point. Because there were still things that weren't answered for me. Yeah. They're going. Oh really? yeah. Just really, Scott wants to make a third one. <laughs> going to say yeah. that. Yeah. We'll ignore that yeah. for the rest of the review. Look, I think it was shot beautifully. I th- um, and uh, Dennis. Uh, Villeneuve is an incredible director, mm. amazing director. I love his work in Arrival, and I just want him to keep on making more stuff. And how they've embraced the art design of the old film but moved it ahead 30 years was very difficult. But like having uh, <laughs> the product placement of Sony every single <laughs> 10, 15 minutes was a bit annoying. But bringing back Atari, I really yeah. loved. The um, Japanese... Um, art design as well was really uh, the Asian art design was incredible but still no you know Japanese actors in any major mm-hmm. role type of form there's been a lot of controversy about the role of women mm-hmm. within uh, the film so that is something I'd like to see and a lot of exploration about yeah humanity and all that type of stuff which has been which is quite uh, popular fodder at the moment thanks to um, uh, Westworld yes. and yeah. all this type of stuff happening. So for me, it was a lot of stuff I loved and a lot of stuff that grinds my gears. So, okay. Sandro? Oh, oh, okay. Jen wants to finish it off! Not really. i just really like to know what other people think. <laughs> uh, for the most part, I adored this movie. For the most part, there is like a couple gripes I have, mainly Harrison Ford. We'll get into that. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, as... You said it's shot and directed so beautifully. Mm. I mean, I'd say it's an improvement over the first one, honestly, in terms of the scenery shots, how scenes are constructed, um, and just down to letting you know what characters are thinking as they're walking around. There's not that much dialogue in this film. For the most part, all the performances were good. Characters could have been fleshed out, but that's just Blade Runner. (laughs) Uh, There wasn't as much action... As the trailer led you to believe, yeah. which I think is a good thing. Mm. So um, a lot less Harrison Ryan, yeah, togetherness, yeah, yeah. which I'm cool with. Yeah, which I enjoyed as well. But the original didn't really have that much. It in didn't. The way of, no, no. Um, and the violence was very much short, sharp, and hor- horrifying. Yeah, yeah. there was a hundred percent 
less someone magnifying a picture for 10 minutes, which was good. Um, <laughs> which I never got, sorry. <laughs> that was such how, a weird scene. How could, it was so pixelated, yet you got that really clear picture when you zoomed right in. That's not how pixels work. <laughs> That's, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not a film I'd return to often, I'll say that. And also, I have the same problem that I have with Arrival in that it's great, but you just got to spell everything out at the end, don't you? Like Arrival, it just hits you over the head. This is what the film's about if you don't understand casual audience viewer. <laughs> and it's kind of the same with this. Um, but as you said, they don't really they don't really say what exactly happened in the first one. Uh, and they leave a lot to happen, even though I don't want it to happen. <laughs> but that's my general thoughts. I'll throw it over to you, Jen. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I'm easily pleased, though. So... Uh... It usually takes a second viewing for me to get a little deeper, but I walked out and just went, loved it. I thought it was as long as it needed to be. I thought it was okay. a, a lot of the contro- uh, controversy um, criticism is that it's really slow. It's the director, but like I think it was as slow as it needed to be. Mm. The moments that they chose to to elongate and the images they that they chose to you know focus on, I think needed to, okay. needed to happen to build that world again. To show they do a lot of show instead of tell. Yes. Which I love yeah. when movies oh, do that because I don't need like I don't need to be told. Mm. I can see that this is mm. this world. I don't need to be, you know, written out in crayon as you said. Um, I I just, I just really loved it. It was beautiful, as like visually beautiful. The music was incredible. Oh, there was yeah. a moment that I was just like I like how is this going to get louder because I don't think it can possibly get louder. <laughs> I think it was one of the moments when they were chasing. I think they were chasing. There was a chase scene, um, <laughs> and the ships were leaving. It was just like a, Whoa, oh, yeah. and it was. Yeah. It was like I'm like, yeah, just freaking out over here in my seat. Is it Hans Zimmer? Um, yes, Hans Zimmer, and I think the original. Yes, yeah, they uh, co-opted it together. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, let's go a bit deeper. Let's look at the cast first. Yes. Okay, and let's look yep. at the cast, and then we'll that. go into other issues. It seems we always start off with that. Okay, so. Uh, Ryan Gosling, first off, plays Officer K, mm-hmm. who has um, been brought back to be, or has been, you know, they've reinstated this Blade Runner format. Yeah. And they've made it straight out off the top of the bat. He a replicant. He a replicant. He is so a replicant. He is oh, all yeah. the replicant. But is he? But he's... <laughs> they almost reversed it. Obedient replicate. Yeah. Very um, obedient. Yeah, they've become yeah. a lot... The replicants have become... Controllable. Controlled and, now. Yeah, and yeah. so we see... We see that otherworldliness to him we, and he plays that quite beautifully Ryan plays it very well that the that only can be captured on screen on such a big on a big mm. platform is that that little hint of emotion through a look or a smirk <clears throat> or a frown and you can he changes those emotions so you can done absolutely beautifully yeah. that, he's got a good know, face for that there's so much expression through so little mm. which yeah. is a key point of being a a, 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 a movie actor mm. and he does that so well all within the bounds of being this replicant and so you see how he is um, looked down upon by the humans within his division um, that you know they're just calling him what's was skinheads or skin job skin job that's what he gets referred to all the time he's closed off in his own little world he only his only interaction is with joy mm-hmm. his uh, hologram uh, creation um, so yeah Gosling was uh a great lead, especially coming from 
the Oscar bait that was La La Land, and this is his first film since then. Uh, oh, he put out one called Song to Song, Song to Song, a little while ago, yeah. which I haven't seen yet. There was a moment where okay. he, he approached the piano in the, the hotel, and I was like, he's going to go. And I was like, La La Land, God, don't do it. I thought he was incredible. Yes, he he did very very well, and that and he, you know, a movie star role. Yeah. But it was an actor's performance. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I don't want to. I know that sounds as wanky as it as I feel <laughs> it is, but it could have just been the movie star step in. But when you're doing something like Blade Runner, you need to have the acting chops, and yeah. he really pulled it out of the, you know, knocked it out of the park. I wouldn't say it's his best performance. No. I still say the nice guys is my favorite Ryan Gosling performance, but I would say it was better than Deckard from the first one. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. It's certainly better than Harrison was in the second one. <laughs> um, I know my first uh, initial like spiel about this film was very like surface because I have a lot of feelings, <laughs> but I can I can go deeper. Let's That's what deep. we want to go. Yeah, we yeah. want to go deep. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Can I just say, I have... Dave Batista is proving himself to be an absolute gun of a performer. Would love to watch that scene with subtitles, though, because I couldn't understand a word he was saying. <laughs> the time. It was until you've never seen a miracle. I was like, oh. But what did you say before that? Yeah, oh, I, got, I, got, I got what he was saying. I got the gist, but I would yeah. like to watch and get the full Because he was dialogue. a wrestler or is he, he is a wrestler. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's actually, you know, pull out the big guns, which is yeah, not just his, you know, his massive forearms. Oh, yeah. Um, he was good. Yeah. He was really good. Short, and, and it's a shame. It's a shame. It's a shame, but, you know, it was, you know, they got out of him what they needed to and he was good. I yeah. think my favourite part of that opening scene was the feature of the screen door in the, like... <laughs> You know, big, heavy ceiling door, and then little screen door oh, yeah. <laughs> to make that farming house. I thought yeah, I yeah. laughed out loud actually. Like um, five minutes in, uh, Robin Wright. I love her. Mm-hmm. She was absolutely incredible and really good. Um, complicated story. Like it just goes along with "You're my property, you're my property," and then there's a moment when she's drinking in his place, and you're there going, "They're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. She's gonna just go." And then he kind of rejects her. Yep, what happens mm. if we finish this? And he's like, you should probably go. Mm. And you go, ouch. Yeah. And that was beautifully yeah. played as well. A nice balance of just like... Robin White right, is such a good facial actor. Yeah. Like in House of Cards, yep. she can just look at someone and you know exactly what she's thinking yeah. for the entire scene. She's incredible. And um, I thought she brought that to this as well. And probably yes. one of the better performances I'd say yes um, scripted could have been better but yeah. in terms of the, the performance it was good yeah it was kind of a bit forced the whole you know you know replicants of the devils and we all hate <laughs> them and we're humans and we're gonna survive and we hate you oh but come and kiss me oh we hate you <laughs> um, but yeah and so especially her final scene where there was a mm. real good sense of you know palpable dread with leading up to this moment oh she and she's not really the most likable of characters no. yeah. but you're there you're rooting for him rooting for him just not to be killed yeah. by um uh was it sylvia hoax as i can't remember the character love as love was she love love l-u-v love. oh okay um can i just say i really liked uh, the actress who played joy yeah same. she was am- i she was, she was really good yeah. it's funny that the most um layered and interesting female character was an AI. <laughs> it's like, okay. Now, how do we feel about this, the scene? The scene... I'm where... glad they cut it where they did. Yes. I thought it could have I gotten a bit gross. Yeah, yeah. And it was beautifully done visually. 
But the light, it, for me, was it just me or the lights were up too bright? The lights were too bright. It's kind of like I'd you go like, to a Bucks night in the afternoon that. and the stripper comes out. It's and too it's light. It's too yeah. light and I'm not drunk enough yet. Yes. And well, they want to show you all the sure. visual effects. And the fact that she's, and, you know, and transparent. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. weird. It just, I get the, the lights were up for that type of thing, but it's the one moment where that whole film was atmospheric, you know, mm. and the use of light and the use of tone. In the moment it could have been atmospheric. And it could have been atmospheric, yeah, just okay. went, so bright, so bright, <gasps> and I'm not showing any boobs or any bum or nothing at all. And I'm there going, this could be a moment where we see a bit of Ryan nudity as well we, and have it mm. balanced so it's not just all female nudity and man fully dressed. Yeah. Okay, we're not the 80s anymore. Funny you should um, say that, though. I'm just on the IMDb page, and the plot keywords are prostitute, bare breasts, female frontal nudity, female nudity. Yes. And product placement. <laughs> That's it. That's the keyword. The, well, that, <laughs> I didn't feel like there's that much nudity in it. Well, right at the end, that. there's the massive the joy. The massive joy, but all like. nude, yeah, yeah, yeah. To give that as a plot key point, <laughs> uh, a plot keyword, I don't know. Anyway, um, so, I think you're right about that. Yeah, scene, that's the just thinking of that it. was really awkward yeah. because I like how they mm. went with, like, okay, you're not going to show anything that's really cool, but yep. it was shot really. Amateurish. Yeah, I don't know if, if I have the right to say that, but shot. No, nope, we're just doing the the headshot here, and we're not. Could have been like with all the other dynamic images and shots, and the way he placed the camera. Mm. That was the most point sticking point for me. It was just when this was just shot by shot, playing it really basic. Yeah, and that where it could have been a lot more playful, like he had with some of the other beautiful sequences, like him coming near the arrival at Las Vegas. And even those scenes were shot beautifully as well, and filling out the space and filling the characters. Yeah. They even did it better earlier when they when she first got uh, the portable yes. thing, and they were out on the balcony. It was raining, and they had a moment where they mm. touched yeah, in a way. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That was done better than the yeah. actual... You know. That yeah. So for me, that was a really just an awkward okay. moment. Yeah. But the justification of what then was... that the you know the pleasure replicant coming back to be a part of the <laughs> the, the replicant revolution underground. Um, so like the RR. justified the character a bit. Um, okay. So okay, let's move to uh, the white elephant in the room, uh, Mr. Jared Leto. He was fine, and, and I'm so glad that he wasn't in it yes. anymore. That he was in it for the right amount of time. Yeah, and he was fine. He did a yeah. lot of look up, look down, and blind. <laughs> he's just—that's the thing. I don't get. He's there going. Can you see how I'm acting? Can't you see that I am acting? I'm going. That's the whole. You've just his eye. His um, eye. I call them his eyes. Those little things that came around were more interesting than him. Those things were far more interesting mm. than him. He is mm. no good. Mm. He's no good. He got he, lucky once with a great script, a great director, a great yeah. supporting cast, and now he is being revered. And hopefully, people reveal go. Mm. Oh, no, he's not that good. I tuned he, out in the... Se- Sorry, go on, Sandra. I am just going to say he actually made himself blind for this film. and That was his choice? Yes. How do you make yourself blind? I don't know, like electrical stuff. What an idiot. Well, they would have had... Just, just put contacts, foggy contacts right? on. No, 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 he went all out. Oh, for... F- and, method, I mean, man, for the performance, it, it wasn't <laughs> worth it. Anyway, what were you going to say? I method complete, actors, just do what... The scene that I think <laughs> was meant to be his most powerful was when he uh, is going to review the, uh, the new model. Yes. Oh, yeah. And she's hanging there. Oh, he, right at the start. He speaks for quite a while. I completely tuned out. Tuned out? And I was just looking at, the, um, at Love and being like, why doesn't she, she do more? Me? She's yeah, great. eyes coming around. And I, was, I got to the end of the, uh, the, the scene and I went, hang on, what, what did he say? Because I completely tuned out. Because <laughs> I tuned out? Why did he kill it? I was bored because she couldn't reproduce. Oh, that's right. Okay, so that's the, what he's... What, because so he that, just felt it? We learned, oh, well, she he didn't put, have a... 
Or didn't have a womb. Didn't have a womb, he knew. God, I had no womb for that show. Seriously. <laughs> I wanted to go into another womb, am I right? I did love that his little implants look like mahjong tiles. (laughs) I love the little, like, the little Asian... And very old school, like, you know, like Johnny Mnemonic type of click it on. But he's... So, yeah, you're you're right. He he was was fine. trying to act so hard. And this is the thing. He does all this method stuff, like he was pulling pranks in Suicide Squad. You go, can't you just see how method I am? No. Shit, putting poop in stuff. He was sending people poop in Do what Laurence Olivier said to Dustin Hoffman on A Marathon Man. Just... Just Act. <laughs> Just yeah. act, you idiot. Just I'd, show up. I'd know like, your lines and don't bum in the furniture, you blind I'd like to fuck. know if he actually filmed more scenes and they cut them. Oh, almost definitely. Because oh, yeah. I'm like, definitely. or they knew because he was in it. Because his storyline, there was no ending to his story. We don't know yeah. what happened. I don't want to see a sequel of There weren't many endings to a lot of the storylines. True. In terms of the characters in this film, though. To be fair. Yeah. But he's a waste of space. Yeah. I can't believe he gets work. Nothing prove he doesn't prove himself to be anything other than not even average. He's offensively bland. Yeah. I will say this though. <laughs> Watching him in Blade Runner, I wasn't thinking, oh, that's the guy who played the Joker last year True. and messed it up. True. I couldn't see any Joker. Oh, really? No. Nah, I was looking at him, I just wanted to punch him again, <laughs> going, Oh, you put a tattoo of a of a smiley face on your hand? We know who the Joker is, you moron. <laughs> Anyway. anyway, okay, let's go back to someone who was actually amazing. Mackenzie Davis, who played uh, the Doctor in the... Uh, who actually turned out to be, oh, yes. spoiler, yep, spoiler, yep, spoiler, yep. Deckard's daughter. She, she was beautiful. Wasn't she incredible? Mm. The moment where she says, yes, this memory has been... Uh, has been what was it? The, I can't remember the exact line. Was like, Somebody lived this memory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, oh. And I Ryan just, was crying and I was crying and... And the belief, but like her device that she was, because her character is, um, cannot exist outside of this, you know, Mm. bubble because she has a birth defect or something, which we don't know why. Yeah. And we find out that her birth defect is that she is born of. She doesn't have a birth defect, but she's been kept in there for safety. Yeah. Mm. She, well, maybe she does because she's a, a replicant birth. And so. See, I didn't get. I didn't. Because she lived in the orphanage, so she obviously. So you think That's she's fine. in there? I think she's in there for her own safety, so no one can get to her. Okay. But, but nobody. But, oh, Rob's you... literally scratching his head. <laughs> but I nobody knows that, that she's the. Only the people that put her there. Yeah, but who put her there? The, the she... lady with one eye. But I she figured that oh, was yeah. she was put in there, and but she gets a job with Wallace. The papers were. F- she doesn't work with him. She works for. For he works well. She, they work with. She commissions. Not for. Yeah. He commissions memories from her. Right. So she mentioned she's like I never never wanted to work for him. Okay. Um, but she but doesn't she say she was fine to a point and then like I don't know. I feel like like the papers to say that she has this problem uh, with force. That's like the papers that her, for her parents to go off world. Wow. Okay. That's what I got. Mm. But then I did a lot of thinking. I that, found that, myself thinking too much. No, no, but for a mainstream film that has got so much money behind it to be made of a sequel of a film 30 years ago that was a box office <laughs> bomb, I'm amazed that this film got made and got a mainstream release. Yeah. yeah. Something this long and it's and it's been struggling at the box office because it's so long, because it's only really appealing to majoritively, you know, older male sci-fi yeah. fans. Mm. Basically everyone that I've spoken to that didn't like it didn't like the original. Yeah. Yeah. Um I love that discussion point that you can talk about it. And but uh, she was so natural. Yeah. And oh, those okay. opening scenes and her device as the memory maker She's which making the birthday. Yeah. How she made that believable and just like that's, you know, and that's what that's what Jared Leto should do. Watch her Be and go, believable? Yeah, see how she's just not 
acting she's just being yeah um and so i just went i turned to caitlin and i said how good is she she's just and she went she's just really she good she was in it for like five minutes five minutes she like stand out and of course she was going to be the daughter because you know yeah the the, the rule of cinema is we've met them before if you've met them before you're not going to go yeah. oh my god that's someone we don't fucking know of course it's going to be her yeah. but yeah. she was just for me she was a standout she mm. was absolutely outstanding yeah um, and that final scene as well not the one with Ryan Gosling but the I guess the, the second last scene yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the final one like just I don't want Blade Runner 3 but if we do I like it would de- be to see more of that performance she was, was outstanding great. I want to check out more of her stuff yeah, so definitely. we've talked about most of the other cast but we haven't talked about the man himself <laughs> Mr. Ford okay now I thought Harrison just was Harrison yeah and so Harrison mm-hmm. hasn't done anything he was himself he hasn't done and for me he hasn't done anything good acting wise since The Fugitive for me everything he's done yeah, is, yeah. Okay. yeah. Fugitive for me was his last that. great role where mm. he was the action star but hit that emotional um, you know his scene in the confession room when he's there going you know this man took everything from me oh my god that's the last yeah. point where he yeah, was true. really trying now he just plays him he plays himself plays, and that's what he says openly he says I'm just gonna you know cash in on all my great hits when I was you know <laughs> so he man. should good on him but but yeah so how were Jen what was your feelings of, of the Ford Meister in this <laughs> now that I'm thinking about you right, at the time I was like, woo! I'm glad he wasn't in it as much as the trailer led yeah, you to believe. Uh, I'm so, like, mm-hmm. an hour and a half or something in, and I was like, this is cool. We haven't even got to deck it yet. That's mm. awesome. And, yeah, I, I remember thinking, being thinking, trying to think back to the original film and see if he was the same, and then kind of being like, I don't remember him being this... I mean, he's he's gotten older, obviously, but... I was trying to compare Deckard now to Deckard then, and yeah, I was like, mm, "It's Harrison." Yeah, it's he is. Dare I say it, Han Solo in Force Awakens? Oh, like, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, he's an old was, Han Solo. He's old. Yeah, yeah. But he I don't gets even a happy think, ending. Sure. I don't even think he was playing himself. He was just playing Han Solo. Yes. Yeah. He's happier. He's, there's jokes, and in the original film, there's none of that. And I hate to be a purist, but yeah, he warmed. The performance could have been better. Maybe, yeah, maybe but as you said, Harrison Ford. Uh, yeah. Maybe I was, I was emoting more for him because I'm yeah. um, there going through the whole film. They were just going, you know, who's the body? Who's the body? I'm going. It's Rachel. Say Rachel. Find Rachel. And then they have the eye, and then the audio recording, and going. It's Rachel. It's Rachel. Yeah. Where's Rachel? I love Rachel. And then. You know, finally when he's there and he's going, what was her name? What was her name? And he, they just hold back. Dennis does that all the time. Hold back. I'm going to hold it back to the last moment where he just walks out and goes, her name was Rachel. And you yeah. go, I invested too much into that. I wanted to go, okay, so this was, you know, this was the love of your life. This is what you left everything for. You went on the run for the rest of your life because it was worth it for her. And so I was there going, yes, I'd be feeling that too, as opposed to what Harrison was actually giving us on screen. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just you were feeling it for him. <laughs> I, I think I was. I was really going. Oh, you Rachel. Oh, she was giving birth and she died giving birth, and she was so good. Rachel was great. Sean, and then after watching Final Cut, Sean Young was so good in it, mm. yeah. so good in Blade Runner. And it's a shame she was so so you know fucked up as a human being that she never got any other work. Um, so I was probably investing more into the film than I was actually getting back from Harrison. Um, 
and so the sh- the scene where they bring out the CGI um, representation of Sean Young as the Rachel of the time, mm. um, I was pushing more into it because he didn't say anything. It was all in his look, all trying to capture it. So you had to read yeah. what he was feeling. So I'm there going, yeah, he's feeling this and this, and the only line he said was her eyes were were green. Yeah. yeah. So what were your feelings? You had strong feelings. I don't like CGI characters. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like um, Leia in Rogue One. I didn't mm. like Tarkin. Um, I think there's ways around it. I mean, not for example that when you first meet Tarkin in for, in uh, in Rogue One, he's in reflection. Yeah. And shadows and things you can do a lot with. Didn't need to see Leia's face. Mm. I just think it. Uh, Rachel looked better than the characters from Star Wars did, but the moment they speak, I lose it. Yeah. It looks like a video game, and I can, it takes me out of it. Takes it. you out of it. Um, I don't know. I just I don't like them. They look like potatoes <laughs> speaking to me. And I think if she'd walked up, or even if they'd managed to somehow use her image from the original film, yeah. or I don't know. Like even if they presented her as a hologram, it wouldn't have worked. Based, you know, right. obviously they're trying yeah, to bring her back bring physically. Back. But mm. I don't know. I just don't. I think there's ways around it with yeah. lighting. Like the lighting in that room was so interesting. The way it was going dark and light, and then she was all light. Yes. And I thought they could have could have done it better. What about you, Sandro? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. It was, I don't like them. It just, <laughs> uh, I guess it was necessary. Compared to Rogue One, which... Yeah. It, it, it wasn't. I mm. guess it was more necessary in this. But it's still just that uncanny valley. You, yeah. Like, you watch it and you go, it looks too perfect. And I get that they're trying to make it look perfect because yeah. that's the point. Yeah. So maybe that was the point, mm. and maybe actually it was a good thing. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm really just not on board with mm. CGI recreations. I did have a moment. For another of, couple of years. <sighs> Rachel, like, they brought back Rachel, and I yeah. went, oh, shit. Yeah. 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 And they did give Sean Young a credit in the okay. at the at the post post show credits, okay. which was good. Um, I don't know how much involvement she had in a, in the film. Uh, so if you know. Uh, gentle viewers let us know um, so let's go a bit deeper um, uh, you, know, th- you know themes issues you know what is reality what is humanity we had the massive three way storyline of Wallace <laughs> wanting to have an army of uh, and a replicants in his own image that he can control and take over the world we have the replicant army trying to take over the world and then we just had you know uh, a replicant realizing that he thought he was, you know, the chosen one, but then wasn't. Wasn't, mm-hmm. and so then it just became about a father reconnecting with his daughter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. How did you find the exploration of what is humanity? What is human? What is reality? <laughs> All those big sci-fi <laughs> issues that have been explored. You know, probably a little bit better in, say, stuff like Westworld. Yeah, I was going to say, we've seen it done before. This was more of a character piece for me rather yep. than a concept. Yeah, if it, if it, it, it was interesting for me to see, you know, a replicant of a human with a hologram of a human mm. trying to connect in what humanity is. And at some point thinking that maybe he isn't fully a replicant? Yes, or this new form of replicant, yeah, because they never born is, from a womb of yes. a replicant, and that's the thing. And like the big thing, the big mystery of the original film is: is Deckard a replicant? Yeah. And a part of me was going, "Well, they're going to answer it in the sequel." But the great thing is, they never do. They always talk about Rachel being the replicant, mm. but there is a mention. Jared Leto's character says something about you were 
programmed to fall in love you with each pro- other. It was designed. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, so that Which was... I'd be super interested to know how they did that if it was the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's another thing. And and that's left open as well. Yep. So it's a sh- it's assumed that he's a replicant, but they still keep it open enough that maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't isn't. think he is. You don't think he is? No, I don't think You think he he's is. human? Yep. Okay, what about you, Sandro? I'm kind of convinced he's a replicant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I mean, even with the scene where um, his partner has the origami, oh, the origami. Thing yeah, yeah. on the table in this film, just kind of, I guess, confirmed it for me. Right. Okay. E- even though that was more directed towards Kay, because Deckard hadn't been introduced yet. Yes. Th- th- they still showed it and they brought it into the sequel, which just makes me think that. Yeah. And Deckard had a trade as well, so he went. You know, so uh, Edward James Olmos' character had the origami, and Deckard had the uh, wood carvings. Yeah. Now, yeah. can we talk about the wood carvings? <laughs> sure. Okay, now the wood carving was a horse. Yes. But it wasn't a horse. What was it? A unicorn? I think it was a unicorn. Didn't have a In horn. The... Exactly, but when <laughs> it was scanned by uh, Dr. Dr. What's his name? You remember there was the moment where they're scanning it? There's a green light that goes over it, and at the hood, you could see uh, a little circle where the pressure was of a didn't pick that unicorn up. that no, maybe was snapped off. Snapped off because it was cute. Maybe I'm reading it too much, <laughs> but I think the horse It'll be was online a, somewhere. Yeah, the horse was a unicorn, and that's so cool. that's, that's the... you know, so Deckard carved the unicorn to give to his daughter. And then she snapped the horn off. Or it just... Super, or, you know. I don't think she snapped... Well, I think it just... <laughs> it just <laughs> screw you, Dad. <laughs> I'm going, or it just came off, you know. Oh, I think, I think it just came off playing. in wear and tear. I think it just because, you know, she was abandoned to be safe. And, you know, you know Decker's line about you love something so much you've got to keep away from it so that yeah. you know, to do that. So I like the exploration of... In a mainstream film... Let me, this is a big... This was a blockbuster release. Yeah. Dealing with... You know, non-human creatures, creations trying to feel humanity, mm. which was a brave decision to explore in a film, to have mm. replicants and holograms trying to touch and all these things that we take for granted, trying to do it in whatever way, shape or form they can. To yeah. have that explored is amazing. That's what I like about a Dylan, a Dennis Villeneuve as well. <laughs> like Arrival was the same. It was a mainstream film about language essentially mm. um, and the fact yeah. that he's doing this to a success I mean this film isn't as successful as Arrival but it's still kind of successful and yes. critically acclaimed I wouldn't be surprised if there's some Oscar nominations probably not in terms of best actor and best no. film Visuals but like some technical awards and stuff mm. that's pretty good going towards like his future as a filmmaker I think and I think he's, he's very good yeah his future his future's safe yeah um, and he you know, he'll produce more films and and there's no uh, consistency with these filmmaking. No, no sort of like sort of like carry on effects. They're mm. very different films in pace and style and, and genre as well. Um, now, there's been a lot of controversy about the role of women within the film. Um, do you think that's warranted? Do you think that's um, something that's uh, um, not non-existent? What, what what's your thoughts on the whole? You know role of women within the Blade Runner 2049 world. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, like, the fact that the only fully round... what I felt fully rounded character um, was the AI. Yeah. What that says, I'm not sure. I'm still kind of, like, processing it. But um, you did mention last episode the idea that women in this 
they they established that role in the first film. But yes, things can change. Yeah, and yeah. it's been thirty years, you know. Um, I don't know. I'm still I'm still processing it. But mm. my initial reaction was, okay, there were some strong female characters, mm, mm. the way they were they were treated, and um, again, the the like most interesting character was AI. I'm still like trying to figure out what that means. Yeah. Mm. What about you? It's just the dialogue fell yeah. off for a lot of the female characters. Mm. I thought all the, the performances were pretty good, but the dialogue was just. Especially for love, yeah, it was really subpar. It was mm. just like, uh. yeah, she has a gr- she had a great presence on screen, but didn't have the. It's like I'm all sweet, I'm all sweet. Now I'm evil, yes. and there yeah. was really no yeah. in between. Yeah, yeah, doing the bidding of this guy. Of and course. that's the thing you've got, you know, you've got love doing the bidding of Jared Leto's character. You've got the pleasure replicants doing the bidding. Joy, being, yeah, yeah, joy being the bidding of that. You've got. <clears throat> Uh, Robin Wright's character doing the bidding of the government, mm. um, and so they're just you know at, you know Mackenzie Davis really as you know the doctor trapped in there was someone not tied down by that she was yeah. a doctor yeah. who found her you know intelligence and found this power within the confines of her disease or not disease which probably actually makes her the most interesting female yeah. character in it but and because she's in it so little so little and you know her. <sighs> Just was talking about love, that moment when Jared Leto's eye is just like right next to her face, stare. Oh man, I just felt very the very male gaze thing yeah, happening yeah, there. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh. Um, so yeah, anything else about the film that stood out for you, or you know that uh, discussion point? We're coming up to the sticky end of giving our ratings. There's no real cliffhanger for this film, is there? One thing, um, I, I not a cliffhanger, but course. like, oh, I wouldn't know. What, I wouldn't mind knowing what. What happens? Yeah. Next. In the, you watch the first one, and you're like, I would like a sequel. You watch this one, and you're like, I would like them to leave it there. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy for them to leave it there. I, I'm big credit to the fact that, you know, especially maybe it's just because of Force Awakens, but I'm there going, as soon as I saw the announcement of the sequel, I went, well, Harrison's going to die again. Yeah. All right, Deckard's going to be killed <laughs> but off. But instead it was... Uh, it was They flipped around, and they, they killed off um, Gosling. The Deckard yeah. character of Death this the character. film. You, yes, Ryan will never die. Yeah. There yeah. is one scene that I want to point out as, like, my standout scene was the lounge the lounge scene when they were fighting. Oh, that was and good. they had Elvis coming up, and they had, like, um, the casino lounge kind of cutting in and the, the music and I was like I was it made me very anxious yeah. I was meant to but it was done so well and the music was incredible there were points where I'm like oh, where's the music going to kick in again and what songs are going to be and how loud is it going to be um, but it also the idea that even in 2049 Elvis and Frank Sinatra and all these classic mm. Always the classics, and yeah, I love the, that. the rotting and collapsed uh, yep. Vegas was beautifully yeah. realized. Yeah. Um, I love that, and yeah, and mm-hmm. and again, like that reality within the sci fi world of these guns can actually go through tables, yeah, they can go through wall, yeah, these type of walls and stuff like that, which is um, yeah. excellent. Yeah, and that not, scene in particular, I was just like, yeah, that was beautifully done. Wow, that scene. it was a good yeah. scene. I just have something against real world music being used in really, fiction. um. I know it's a completely different genre, but last year Star Trek Beyond used uh, a rock song to kind of power the Enterprise back into the skies. That's right. And it, that was so the, stupid, and I laughed. And it's like, well, I that just, was just sabotage. Went, they used that in the first ever 
Yeah, but I just watched it and I went, no, just, just don't. <laughs> it's bad. Like, yeah, especially they should have referred to it like it. they do in all their Star Trek. What is this song? Oh, it is an ancient song from the past of Earth. I think different. Yeah. Like you say it takes you out of it. For me, it does the opposite. Okay, interesting. It makes me go, Connection. this is our world. This yeah. is what our yeah. world could be. And, and This yeah. is what stays. This is what lingers. Well, that's blue eyes. why I like it works for me in Guardians, because the whole Marvel universe is just our world but they're superheroes yeah whereas with this it's like a couple steps removed and it, it just kind of feels weird for me is there any in the first film um he no. plays ja- uh i think there's a, a lot of bit, jazz actually. it's a lot of jazz yeah there, there be- is okay yeah yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. um, so yeah, that's. I think we have exhausted all our conversation about. We uh, haven't, but we've exhausted our time. Um, oh, this is the hard bit. Yeah, it's the scoring. <laughs> scoring. We have got our new system, which Sandro has kind of you can't do hard anymore. I don't want to say you know uh, imposed on us, but kind of forced upon us. Uh, we've got um, two thumbs down, one thumb down, <laughs> one thumb up, and two thumbs right up the bum. So um, I'll start off. I'm gonna give it. I'll give it one, one, th- one thumb up. Okay. Coming out of the cinema, two thumbs up. Yeah. Plus a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Things always change when you start discussing, but it's, I'm still at two thumbs up, mm-hmm. but with less um, rose tinted. Ah. Okay. Yeah. If I could go halves, I would. Yeah, for sure. For this one in particular. <laughs> one and a half. No, no, we are not massacring any. We have killed far too many samurai in previous episodes. Yeah, I'm not going to, though. Um, Like, in terms of rating it, I'm thinking of it, like, compared to every film that's come out this year. Okay. And it's very high up there. Mm. I'd say, like, higher than all the Marvel films. Oh, yeah. Probably higher than Baby Driver as well. Oh. Maybe underneath War for the Planet of the Apes. I don't know. But, like, it's very high up there. But I still don't think it deserves two thumbs up. So I think I'm going to go with a one. Two one, okay. Two ones and a I'm double. I'm a nice teacher this time. <laughs> and I, we're the math teachers that just want you to do algebra and not talk. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I just, cool I just like teacher. to go with my initial feeling. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I think they're important because you can discuss something and, and analyze it and go deeper and go deeper and mm. you go, "Fuck, actually, it's a really shit film." <laughs> but no, there's a reason I walked out loving it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's sticking why I, with the two thumbs. I was tempted to go for a schmear, but I'm there going, no, stick with the things that you liked about it. So. Yeah, we shouldn't. It's also a film I wouldn't return to that often. You said that. I agree. Uh, yeah. 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 You're right. And I think often. that goes towards my rating as well. Yeah. Like, classic films, like Force Awakens, for example, I, even though it's got quite a few problems, I still yeah. give it two thumbs up. Because mm. I've seen it like ten times. Um, in the space of. But that's the thing, but like years. the original Blade Runner is not something you go back and watch. No, but I give that two thumbs. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I watch it every year or so. Well, apparently it's been a while since, like five <laughs> years, but now I like to rewatch it. But the new Blade Runner, yeah, probably wouldn't go back to it too often mm. purely because it is long. And oh. it's, it's about it's not it's not a slog in a bad way, but it, it is like it makes you feel a lot. It's very it's it's exhausting, mm. um, but doesn't make it doesn't not a bad thing. Yeah, I think I am glad that they didn't make K the you know the Messiah type. Mm. I was wondering how the fuck they pulled it off when there was the, at the point when you were like he's the Messiah he's the child I'm like okay so did he was he born human and they had to make him look and mm. get through life as a replicant to to protect him I was like how did they do it yeah. I want to know how they did it <laughs> <laughs> I want a story where he is the Messiah and they're telling me mm, how. so I many questions yeah um so what are we going to talk about next time we meet uh, Sandra well next time is a bit confusing actually because uh, we don't have a place to record <laughs> um, I did record a top. 20 uh, TV shows from the 2016 to 17 
season with my friend Adam J. Purcell, who appeared on the top 10 films of last year. That's right. We recorded that a while ago. I might put it out then if there's not an episode, so uh, stay tuned for that. Mm -hmm. But also coming up on Nerd Out, the episode after next episode, if it happens, is going to be a big one because Thor 3 is out worldwide. Yes. And also Stranger Things 2. Stranger Things 2! (laughs) So that's going to be a big one. If you thought this episode was long and it's almost two hours, um, (laughs) that one could go longer. Yeah, but we there will be a lot of cutting out of polite pauses waiting for the next person to speak. Yes, you got to yes, cut out yes. those. Who'd like to speak next? I'm barely editing last episode though, and I think it turned out pretty well. So yeah, I, I think there's a lot more, you know, polite pauses this time around. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of down. I just have chase. a lot of feelings. Yeah, all the feelings. Let the feelings out. And I, as I, I said last episode, if I don't write stuff down. It comes out all a jumble, and well, you have experienced this today. <laughs> well, God bless you for writing stuff down Thank at you. some point. Mm. But if you want to write stuff down, maybe let us know what you thought of Blade Runner. Send it in. <laughs> so send it in, indeed. Our email, feedback.nerdout at gmail.com, or on Facebook, which has been upgraded to at nerdout with Rob, Jen, and Sandro. You can see our really nice uh, artwork up there. Yeah, we've got a new artwork from Chloe Paul. She's done an incredible job, and um, uh, thank you very much for that. Go check her artwork Thanks, Chloe. Out. Indeed. Yeah. All those links are in the description. Plus, if there's anything you want us to review, we're open. Send the, send the title over. Maybe send us an IMDb link as well, just to, just to be careful. <laughs> and we will check it out and give it a shot when we have some free time. Also, if you listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Player FM, feel free to leave us a review there. It just helps us get more listeners and create more of a community create the community that that's it uh and yeah that's that's the episode for now thank you for joining me rob and jen thank you for returning for your second episode it's great to have you on board thank you for having me again pleasure to be here again (laughs) again and until next time make sure you nerd out you were just listening to nerd out with Rob Lloyd, Jen Spears and Sandro Fulch. This has been an improbable podcast production. We'd like to thank RTI and the Ace Radio Network for allowing us to record in their studios. The views expressed are those of the speaker and not necessarily reflect those of the other speakers, the studios or the network. The opening and closing music for the show is Denial by Dark Shadows. No copyright infringement towards any of the topics we discussed was intended. Thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Highly recommended. Awesome. Yes. Very good. All right. Moving on. <laughs> I've just been getting hand signals. Pass it over, Jen. Pass it over, Jen. So tell me, Sandro, mm. what have you been consuming? Oh, thank you, Jen. Um... <laughs> it took me a good few seconds to realise oh. what was going on then. Nah. In my own world. <laughs> we can actually see each other now, though. Like, compared to Skype, where we just silence. So many pauses you have say to cut it? out. Who's going to say it? Yeah, the ten minutes of extra, you know, dead air going. <laughs> I'm not talking. <laughs> Why is this extra talk? And then we realise, oh, the phone line's dead. Oh, okay, fuck, I'll have to call up again. <laughs> uh, oh, that noise. I'll do my version of it. Okay, okay. I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watch sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tahousa Gate. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in rain. Time to die.
<laughs> All right. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> now let's do the episode. Now let's do the episode. <laughs>